That was absolute robbery. You know it, and I know it. The Dallas Cowboys should have beaten the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers 14-point favorites at Jerry World, but they couldn't beat two teams, the undefeated one and the one that was throwing flags or not throwing flags. Yeah, this is episode three of the podcast with me and Joel. Still don't really have a name. Got a couple suggestions, but I mean, still definitely working that out, working out the kinks. But uh, yeah, we just completed week nine of the NFL. I think we're going to talk Great week of football. Great week of football. We're going to talk Cowboys. We're going to talk Saints Bucks. We're going to talk Tua, Kyler, talk a little Raiders. Uh, Before we start, I think I just wanted to say just one little thing. Um, I know it's been a shitty year for a lot of people. Uh, we've all had to deal with a lot of shit with the uh, virus and whatnot. But I think we've hit, personally, my favorite time of the year where the weather gets colder. Uh, there's football on Friday, football on Saturday, football on Sunday. Sure. Thanksgiving's right. coming up. No, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is uh, the best time. No, and the game, and you know what? Honestly, you can tell the games are kicking up too. No, for sure. These last couple of weeks in the NFL have been great. Let's get into no, it. No, for sure. I think first we're going to start with the Cowboys. I think a, a couple of people have reached out to me and have asked me, why do we always start with the Cowboys? And I've always just said, because they put asses in seats. <laughs> box office. They're like the Yankees. They're like the Lakers. They're just box office. They, they get the clicks. They're the, they're the most, two, they're the most watched two and seven team ever. No, for sure. But uh, <laughs> we had Garrett Gilbert get his first start, I believe. And he was a live dog. The The – the Cowboys were what two touchdown dogs, and they were in the game the whole way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had him in a parlay. I had him. I had him plus fourteen. Go ahead. No, Garrett Gilbert looked incredible out there. He actually, uh, safe to say, he looks like a more polished Danucci. Um, but just a couple. I got a couple quotes here uh, of the Cowboys. A couple Cowboy players speaking on Gilbert. Actually, this is Zeke Elliott. He has some dog in him. He went out there and made some plays, and he gave it a shot. <laughs> What about you just said that? Yeah, no, yeah. These are actual quotes. I got all pro guard Zach Martin. I thought he was I thought he was rock solid. I was super proud of him. He commanded he commanded the huddle, made some big plays with his feet, made some great throws. He gave us a chance. No, like like the, the Cowboys were actually really in this game. I think the highest point of this game for the Cowboys was when they were up 10-0 and then they were getting yep. that punt. There were six minutes left in the second quarter. And yep. said Wilson on the punt. Said Wilson throws it across the field to CJ Goodwin. <laughs> yes, sir. And they he takes it to what the twenty and the thirty, but there's like a block in the back. Yeah, almost all the way down. Yeah, he took it yeah, about he st- took it about sixty seventy yards. They got a block in the back, but yeah, that set him up really yeah, nicely. And that, that was still, great. That's that's kind of what we talked about last week, pulling out all the stops. I don't think they really did that against the Eagles. They definitely un- uh, unleashed the uh, the bag of tricks against the uh, Cowboys. No, sure. Yeah, they, like I said, I'm sorry against the Steelers. The block in the back had them. Uh, they still had the ball at like Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh thirty, and yeah, it led to yeah, a field yeah, goal. Yeah, no, no, it was a nice, it was a nicely set up play. No, it was incredible. They had the undefeated Steelers on the ropes, um, but after that, to end the first half, right, um, the Pitts, Pittsburgh goes down and scores that one touchdown, and Big Ben gets hurt. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really, I thought it was actually like really hurt. It looked like when he uh, he got he kind of got like sandwiched, and his knee kind of buckled. And he was like mm-hmm. limping the whole way. And remember, 
he actually went after he threw that touchdown. I believe he went to the locker room, and then CD yeah. fumbled. They were trying to do that last ditch effort. Yeah, um, Dallas CD fumbled was, and Mason Rudolph. And had fumbled to come and Mason, in. Yeah. yeah, Mason Rudolph went out there, and then yeah. they cut the lead down to thirteen to ten. Yeah, that was a big point of the game. Yeah, the the the, the, the Steelers got ten points at the I think the final minute a minute of the game the first half. So yeah. That was a big part of the game. No, you hit it on the head about Gilbert. He he looked he looked like Danucci, but Apollos Danucci, if that makes any sense to people. Uh, he looked poised. He, he what I would say is he looked prepared. The Cowboys looked prepared more than anything. I think last week again against the, the the Eagles after that first couple drives, you know they really didn't have much have much uh, have much anything else to really run. But Gilbert looked good. I think I think they found their guy. I mean after of course it's just one game, but no they looked into it. They they looked poised and he he looked prepared. Like I said, they look like they really could open up their offense. Obviously, not as much as they did with Dak, but they look like they ran a lot more than they could with with Danucci than they did with Gilbert. I thought he moved well. I thought he threw the ball well. And again, he, he had him in the game the whole time. I, I liked what I saw from Gilbert. I think they need to be a little bit more aggressive, you know, throwing with him because again, you're you're two and seven. I mean, what are you really holding back? And, and you know what's funny about about McCarthy is Rodgers has missed time over. Rodgers has missed time over. Uh, Oh, in uh, in McCarthy's tenure with Green Bay, and McCarthy was doing a decent job, kind of mixing that all together. So I think he's kind of prepared. He, he's he's used to kind of running with the back quarterback. But uh, no, I liked Gilbert. I think he's the guy. And then if you look at the Steelers, I mean, they eked another one. I mean, look at the second half. I mean, there was a couple times where you thought the Cowboys maybe could extend the lead and maybe come away with it, but uh, but it just didn't happen. You know, the Steelers ended up you know eking it out like they always do. Obviously, the biggest point in the game, I think there was about five minutes left. And the Cowboys had driven down in the first uh, – I think they had about second and goal, and then Gilbert threw that pick. And, again, that, that's the stuff with your back of quarterback you're going to get, but that, that really oh, was yeah. the killer for the, for the Cowboys. No, I'm looking at it right now. Let's see. The Steelers have won – it's funny you said they eked it out. They've won their last three games by three points, four points, and five points. Yeah, man. And, again, you look at the last two – you look at the last two weeks yeah. – and, you know, we talked about it that, that we thought Baltimore kind of lost the game. I mean, I, I thought the Pittsburgh won the game. But, again, you can make the argument that Baltimore lost the game. And this is the same thing. I think the Cowboys lost the game. I really did. I thought it was out there for them to take. Um, they were up 10-0. Again, they were in the whole game. They were in it the whole time. I think that pick was really bad. They didn't come up with any points on that drive, on that on that goal-to-go drive. And then you look at it at the end, and they even had a shot at the end to kind of to get in the end zone. Mm-hmm. So you look at the Steelers, and, you know, you could say, what, are they 8-0 now? Yeah. You could say they're eight zero, and you know you, 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 that's that's a nice record. But again, I I haven't been impressed too much with the way they've looked the last couple of weeks, especially in the first half of each game. I mean, the Ravens were up on them seventeen seven at the at uh, the end of the first half, and then the Cowboys were up. I, I'm not sure. Again, late Steelers got about ten points to kind of close the gap, but they were they weren't in that first half at all. Yeah. You know, give them credit for coming in back in the second half. But again, I I wouldn't say at this point in the in in the season. They're too far ahead of the pack, you know. I don't think they've separated themselves at all. And then for the Cowboys, I mean, you got your guy in Gary Gilbert. I think you're only what one and a half games back in the division. I mean, make a run at it, man. Why not? I think Gilbert's the guy. I think you stick with him again. I thought he was poised. I thought the Cowboys were a lot more prepared. You know, as the as the players said, <laughs> they didn't. Their coaches really didn't know what they were doing. It looked like they were well coached that uh, yesterday. Oh, and I'd sure. like this Cowboys team going forward. I, I I feel a lot better than about them. That I did obviously last week against Philly. Now you know you could say, well, maybe they threw the kitchen sink at this game, and you know this was kind of their last hurrah for the Cowboys. But mm-hmm. again, I don't think the Eagles are running away with the division. We saw the Washington game and, and Giants game. Giants pulled that one out. So Washington takes a step back, you know, especially losing their quarterback Brandon Allen. Now you got Alex Smith in. 
again, I don't see why this Cowboys team behind Gary Gilbert can't can't make a run. What do you think? No, you're right. I, I really like this Cowboy team. It felt like their defense played a lot better. I felt like they're flying around a lot better, which is uh, just a little note I wrote down. I, just, I mean, I think you and me can both agree it's a lot easier to play defense when you, you have a quarterback that's giving you a chance out there, that's giving you rest, not getting three and mm -hmm. outs. It just – I mean, just the – the overall environment when you feel like you have a shot out there, a guy's giving you a shot like Garrett Gilbert, Garrett Gilbert. Um, they definitely have to be more aggressive. It's going to be hard to beat an undefeated Steelers team. When you're kicking four field goals, they, you got to finish drives better. They got to, they got to get better in the red zone. And it's just, a, it's just a lot funner when the Cowboys, when, you know, when the Cowboys are still in it, because we okay. could easily sit here and say, you know, the Cowboys are down to their third quarterback, you know, they're done this and that, but that's not any fun. I like this mm -hmm. Cowboys team. I, I think they're a little frisky. They obviously have been frisky the last two weeks. I thought they yeah. could have won that Eagles game, and I really think they should have won this Steeler game. So mm -hmm. I, I don't I don't like the whole they, they, they've given up on McCarthy and McCarthy out this and that. They look like they're still playing to me. They really do. And, again, I like the quotes that you just gave me out of, out of the locker room from Zeke and from Martin, two, two veterans on the team, about Garrett Gerber. Again, he just looked a lot more poised. That's, that's the biggest word I'd use for him. And that's not a word we used for Danucci last week. You know, we really used yeah. – I mean, I used the term deer in the headlights for Danucci. Deer in the Gilbert headlights. didn't look like deer in the headlights. And for people who don't know, no, Garrett Gilbert is the guy. They have to look it up. What year was that, 2010? I think it was – let me see. I thought it was like 12 or 13, but let me see. Gilbert National. I'm just looking. Garrett well, yeah. Gilbert yeah. National Gary Championship. Gilbert National Championship. It's yep. 20 – I think 2009? 2009. Anyways, backstory on Garrett Gilbert. Garrett Gilbert in 2009 was uh, was a Texas Longhorn. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's Alabama and Texas. Yeah. 2009, yeah. It's it's Alabama and Texas in the in the national championship. Colt McCoy's senior year, he finally makes it to a national championship. I believe Greg McElroy was the coach. Well, I'm sorry, the coach was the yeah. quarterback of Alabama. And mm -hmm. Mark it was Mark Ingram's high in the season. And and uh I believe it was the first quarter, maybe even the first drive where Colt McCoy. It says gets five hurt. snaps. Who played five snaps? Colt McCoy? Colt McCoy. Yeah, he got knocked out after five yeah, snaps. Yeah, poor Colt McCoy. Yeah, poor Colt McCoy was knocked out after five snaps. Again, finally he makes it to the national championship senior year. He gets knocked out. Gary Gilbert comes in. Can you give me his stats? He played well. Uh, Again, I believe it was a blowout Alabama win, but uh, he but he played well. And that's kind of how he hit his mainstay yeah. uh, at uh, at Texas. And four then he's kind of floundering around. These... Who did? Gary Gilbert? Yeah. Oh, he played a little bit better than that. Let's give him a little bit more. Credit. No, he did. Yeah, I, I remember watching that as a. I mean, obviously, yeah. as a kid, I was a big Texas fan, but yeah, he, mm -hmm. he was in the game. Yeah, so that's kind of amazing. And the ass. year is so. So what year was that? Two thousand nine. Yeah, the they played in the year twenty ten, but it was a two thousand nine season because obviously they played Jeez. after the after the. So the year is now twenty twenty, and Gary Gilbert is now <laughs> the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. He got his. Insane. I think that was his first start. Right. Well, you heard the backstory too that they were saying. I think it was, it was Joe Buck saying that his that Gary Gilbert's dad, I believe, was the quarterback of Cal when they did the stand when they did the Stanford uh, Cal oh, the, on the, the band uh, play. The the band yeah. kickoff. Yeah. Yep, Gary Gilbert was dad was the quarterback of uh, Cal that day. Mm -hmm. So that was a little backstory as when they were driving to kind of get the last yeah. ditch uh, effort to get into the end zone. So, but no, I like Gary Gilbert. I think he's the guy. I think. Again, he, he was he was a lot more poised than Danucci. I don't see why this Cowboys team can't make a run, honestly. Like I said, I, I know I'll put in quotations a run because really, you know, how much how impressive is it to catch Philly? But uh, I would say Gilbert's the guy that, that can get it done, if you ask me. Again, the NFL is a lot more fun, a lot funner when uh, when the Cowboys are in it, when the Cowboys games mean something. And going mm. forward, I think the Cowboys games will mean something, honestly. Mm. Again, I don't see Philly, I don't see Philly extending anything out and, and moving forward. 
uh, when you know with the division lead or anything. I think it's gonna be a close race to the end, and then the division games are gonna matter for the Cowboys. So again, I, I like Gilbert, and uh, I thought he played well. Again, they got to clean up the mistakes. I think they got to be a little bit more aggressive. They got to realize that every game they got to go for it and they got to win it, obviously. Uh, but no, I, I think moving forward, I, I, I would, uh, I'd be high on the Cowboys. I would. As crazy as that sounds, as a, two and seven. As, as high as yeah, as high as you can be on a yeah. two and seventeen. But uh, <laughs> as high as you can be on a two and seventeen, absolutely. One thing I wanted to bounce again, off of you. Go ahead. One thing go I wanted ahead. to bounce off. Of, oh, did you just finish your point? Because this is like a little side thing. I just finished what we were gonna say. I feel a lot better about the Cowboys than I did last week. Again, with no, Danucci. Sure. Again, Danucci was hit was deer in the headlights. It wasn't. They didn't open him up much. I think they can do a lot more things with Gilbert, and I think he's a lot more poison. Like you said about the quotes and stuff, that means a lot. That that means a lot coming from the locker room, coming from Zeke. And, and I thought it was a little bit more of an expire, eh, inspired Cowboys effort. And uh, no, a thousand percent. And I like him moving forward. What do you got for me? No, I was going to say you saw the whole Juju thing, right? He was going to the star. I did. That was interesting. What did you think about that? I don't know. I think that's kind of. I thought personally that was kind of a loser thing because, like, dude, you're a two touchdown favorite playing a four string quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought it was down at that point. I I thought I was. I thought it was kind of a loser thing. Yeah. Well, the backstory is obviously Terrell Owens, and I I don't know the year again. We don't need to go into it. But Terrell Owens, when he was the 49er early in his career, you know, he he scored a couple touchdowns uh, in Dallas Stadium. That was when the old Dallas Stadium. Yeah. And he went spike in the middle of the field. Yeah. I, I. and then obviously Juju Smith-Schuster, young receiver, trying to kind of do the same thing. That can only be one T.O. though. I didn't like it at all. And and, and shout out to Al Woods because Al Woods defensive tackle <laughs> the Cowboys, number nine, I believe number ninety nine. Yeah. He saw Juju Smith-Schuster run, and again I didn't see it live. I saw it later yeah. on Instagram or some video and something. And Al Woods is shuffling towards the star like this Al thing Woods was playing that bullshit. Yeah, I also Al Woods was bring, not. You weren't bringing that. Sh- you weren't bringing that shit to Al Woods. No, house. no, no, that was not happening on Al Woods' watch. And, <laughs> and you know, and honestly, to me, that just shows that there's some cowboy pride. No, for and sure. That, that's something. Yeah, that that's something that that cowboy fans should really respect. You know, from from Al Woods. You know, you don't let anybody just come in there and, like you said, they went two touchdown favorite. Like, come on, Juju. Again, I, what do you I think you're doing. Yeah, exactly. What are you What are you proving here? What are you trying to prove here? You know, you barely beat them. Again, I yeah. was happy because I took the Cowboys in the plus 14, and, and that that uh, was something that I hit on my parlay, so I was very happy about that. And I, I honestly, yeah. I felt good about going into the week. I thought, that, again, I, I just don't – I'm not very impressed with the Steelers. I don't know. You could tell me how you feel about them. I'm just not very impressed to put them. You know, obviously, they beat the Ravens last week on the road. That That's semi-impressive, but it wasn't an impressive fashion. And, uh-huh. and we'll get to the Ravens in a minute. But, again, I, it just wasn't an impressive fashion to me. Again, another kind of dead game where it's like, eh, they eked it out again. You know, how many more of these games can they really eke out? And like you said, Ben, with the injury he got, hey, who knows? Could it, could it linger on him? Who knows? You know, he's got an injury history. It didn't look good. He obviously, he finished the game. But, again, he doesn't move much in the pocket anyway, so he could play with, you know, he could play a little banged up. But, no, as a, as a eight no, that's what they are, right? Nine and no, eight no? Eight no. Eight no, I believe, yeah. I, I'm, not a, I'm not as impressed as – an 8-0 team as you should be with an 8-0 team. I don't know. What do you think about the Steelers? Same uh, thing. Gonna, uh, let me let me read you, let me read you six of their eight wins. So their, their two best wins are against the, the Titans and the Ravens, both on the road. They're both on the road. But here's mm-hmm. six of their wins: Dallas, the Browns, the Eagles, the Texans, the Broncos, and the Giants. Those are six of their eight wins. I think they're a good football team. I mean, it is what it is. Those are six of their eight wins. Yeah, again, you know, you're 8-0. Hey, congratulations congratulations to you. But, again, I, I'm not very impressed with them, and, and I think they're I, – I don't think they're ahead of the packet, as you probably would assume, would assume 
yeah, like they, a lot, uh, yeah. they would be no, able to sure. you know exactly. So, so Steeler fans, hold your horses for a minute. You're, you're not uh, you're not as good as you think you are. But again, let them let them get all worked up. Let them get all happy um, and excited. That's fine with me. Let, let me put let me put a bow on it. I was gonna my last point. Their next three games are are uh, the Bengals at home, at Cincinnati, at Cincinnati, and then Ravens Thanksgiving night. That's me a big Thanksgiving game. Yep, it's gonna have to be Ravens. Any chance of the division the Ravens have is, is gonna be that game in Thanksgiving night in Pittsburgh. So we'll see. Those games are always tough. Again, every every Ravens Steeler game is tight. Every game Ravens game is close. Comes down to turnovers, and uh, who can execute better? Obviously, the Steelers did that better uh, a week ago. So we'll see. Ravens got to keep rolling as well, though. Um, yeah. So the Ravens went to Indianapolis to play the Colts. They ended up winning twenty-four to ten. Pretty huge game for both teams with playoff implications. Both teams came in. Five and two, so a pretty enormous game. Um, Lamar Jackson, zero turnovers. He improved his record to an astounding. I mean, we were killing him last podcast, but twenty-five and five as a starter. That, that's that's really freaking good. Um, the Ravens in the first half, they're, they're pretty shaky in the first half. They punted on all five of their first half possessions. Yeah, sloppy, real sloppy. The only touchdown they got was on the uh, the fumble, uh, the yeah. fumble recovery. Yeah, for the touchdown. Yeah, went, went into the break with 55 yards from scrimmage on just 25 plays, only four first downs. Um, they were down. What what were they down when when uh, Jonathan Taylor got stripped and then Marcus Peters? It was 7 Mar- nothing. Marcus, P- Marcus Peters seven stripped nothing. it, right? They were down 7 nothing. What did they have, what, 20, 10-7? Yeah, they went, they went into the half down 7-7. Yeah, they, they, yeah, at the end of the first quarter, Marcus Peters stripped Jonathan Taylor. Uh, that was really a pretty big momentum shifter. Yeah, I believe Deshaun. Um, I believe Deshaun Elliott or Chuck Clark ran it back. One of those two. I was gonna ask you, what do you think about Mar- Marcus Peters' interception? Do you think that was an interception? I I didn't think so. No, absolutely not. Again, I it, it was weird because again he's kind of like squeezing it together with his fingers as he's falling back. And yeah, again, right when he right when he hit before he even hit down, the ball came out. So I, he didn't have it in his hands very long, and I didn't even understand why Harbaugh challenged it. He obviously must have got something from upstairs or some kind of signal from the sideline or for even maybe even from the rats. I don't know, but no, it didn't look like it, it didn't look like an interception to me. He was falling back. He, right. he was, he fall, he was falling to the, the ground, right? You got to complete mm-hmm. the process on the way to the ground. He was on the way to the ground. He didn't complete the process. That's what I would assume. That, that yeah. He, I mean, he had it in his hands. I mean, again, he, he kind of was up in the air when he caught it. And as he was falling back, he must've had it for maybe a second, maybe not even. And then once his butt hit down, the ball was already out of his hands. So I, I didn't I didn't think it was anything, and then they were viewing it, and the longer it went on, it's like, man, maybe they will give him this one. Mm-hmm. So people out there, yeah, you got to go look at it. It was it was controversial, and it was a big play because at that point, I believe it was ten seven. I believe it might have been fourteen. It might have been fourteen ten at that point. I don't know if the Ravens had scored yet, but it was a big play in the game, and Rivers wasn't very too happy about it. But no, you're right about the Ravens' offense. The Ravens' offense was horrible in the first half. Really, nothing going. They had the one strip fumble, and luckily they got it because if not, they would have been down 10-0 at halftime. It was just sloppy. Again, it was just sloppy. Receivers couldn't get open. Lamar wasn't fitting any balls in tight windows. They really were just kind of running it and on first and second down and third down and complete passes and stuff. Again, nobody could really get open like I, like I was mentioning last week. Um, Tess Bryant suited up for the first time in I don't know how many years, four years, three years, four years. I think he got one target maybe. He got like five snaps. So that wasn't what they said it was, it was to be. Um, second half, they picked it up a little bit. Again, it, it was all on the ground. Nothing really through the air. Everything was on the ground. Lamar committed 
was a little bit better in the second half throwing the ball wise. But in, in the third and in, yeah, in the second half, when he needed to play, he would just make it with his feet. And again, that's all fine and dandy. But again, I, I, as I talked about last week, I want to see him step back in the pocket. I want to see him be a drop back passer when he needs to be. And again, he still wasn't. And for the Colts, I mean, man, it's tough. You're paying Philip Rivers $25 million a year, and he didn't look very good at all to me. I mean, I thought the telling thing on Philip Rivers was at the end of the first half, there was about five seconds left, and Indy was going to throw a Hail Mary. And Philip Rivers comes off the sideline, and they put Jacoby Brissett in. And oh, it was only to throw the ball about 50 yards. never good. It was only to throw the ball about 50 yards, too. So, I mean, they don't even trust Philip Rivers to throw the ball 50 yards. I mean, I didn't think Philip Rivers. Guy. No, he's yeah, really not. definitely not a no. big arm guy. No, he's more of a conservative quarterback. But, again, yeah. you're paying Phillip Rivers $25 million a year, and he's just not putting it out there. Again, he wasn't very good in San Diego last year. So to think that he was going to turn around, turn you around and and make you a better team, I, I just didn't see it. I didn't see it then. I don't see it now. It, and the thing about Indies, they got a good team. they got a solid offensive line. Their defense is always is rated, I think, in the top five in the NFL. Yeah, and they sure. just can't get anything from the quarterback position. And same thing that happened last year. Once Brissett once went down last year, they really had no chance for the playoffs or anything. So, again, they, they, they need somebody in there to, to play quarterback. And I just don't think Phillip Rivers is the guy. He, he didn't look like it in San Diego the last couple of years. So why anything would change in, in, in Indy this year? I'm not sure. Again, they have a fun, they have a fine record. I think it's five and three. But, uh, again, they're very limited with Phillip Rivers in there. Um, do you have any final remarks on the Ravens? Who do they play next week? They got, the, they got New England on Sunday night. No, not really. It's been pretty fucking sloppy. All right, now we're going to talk about a couple one o'clock games. First, we're going to start. First, we're going to start with the Raiders and Chargers game. The Raiders eked one out by a score of thirty-one to twenty-six. Um, I was really, I, I was actually caught off guard by the uh, by the Raiders uniforms, the white and the silver. That's probably one of my, if not my. I like them. I thought now. they looked good. No, yeah, I, I definitely. They I didn't good. know. I liked them. Yeah. I definitely didn't. See I don't know about you, but that, that was one of my favorite. That was one of my favorite uniform games in a while because those Charger Navy blues look good too, and mm-hmm. I liked the helmets with them and everything. You know, in the yeah. new stadium, it, it looked it looked great, man. It, it was it was a, it was a good looking game to watch. No, for but sure, yeah. very very appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, Break down the game for me. Let me hear. No, it. for sure. So I was thinking about where to go with this, but I, I don't want to throw out any any crazy stats or anything. I think I just want to go down. To the last couple plays, um, obviously the last two plays. For, first of all, the Chargers got the ball with like four minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah, they started their last side with four minutes and 37 seconds left on the clock. They had three timeouts mm-hmm. left, and they got to the five-yard line with like six seconds left and no timeouts. Their clock management was pretty bad. I, I don't understand how that happens. They, they definitely let a lot of clock run when they really shouldn't have. And then – with the six seconds left, they get two plays out of it, and they throw the first fade to Mike Williams, and they throw a second fade to their backup tight end. Um, yeah, I saw you tweeted that you you didn't you didn't you didn't like those two calls. No, not at all. I just feel like what, what I was going to go with this is I just felt like with Herbert, with how how great he's been all game and how great he's been all season. The guy's six six two thirty. He's an incredible athlete. I mean, that was like the big thing on him coming out of college incredible athlete mm-hmm. i felt like they should have mm-hmm. done like a, they should have done like a rollout or they should have just just get him on the edge where he has the option to dump it down to somebody or just barrel in for six there's no way you just give him the one step drop and just do a 50 50 ball with you just got to create an advantage there and when you do the fade it's kind of like a cop out it's really just a 50 yeah. 50 ball there 
because the corner mm-hmm. really doesn't have to do anything. The the receiver, it's kind of hard to create separation when you're just running five yards yeah. and just jump ball. It, I think it's kind of a bailout. It's a 50-50 yeah. ball when you can create an advantage by getting your quarterback on the edge who's, like I said, 6'6", 230 pounds, incredible athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, let him make a decision rather than just throwing yeah. it to Mike Williams who got hurt and then uh, he, got, he got hurt on that play and then to your backup tight end. Yeah, I understand what you're saying about about the, the the play call, but again, I thought it was two good balls and really two catchable no, balls. If you ask yeah. me, no, yeah. But but no, man, I, who 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 was it? Thirty one on the Raiders, right? Did Isaiah Johnson undrafted. Man, he made a really good play on that on the first one, and then he made an even better play on the second one. He he can play, man. I, I loved it. And again, I understand what you're saying. And and again, a Raiders defense that has been playing better, but isn't the best. To, to leave it to leave it down to you know just to one guy make a play on the Raiders defense, I mean that that's kind of like you said that's kind of a cop out for the Chargers, you know maybe you do some combination routes like you said roll out Herbert and you make the whole Raiders defense play, you oh, know yeah. for them to just kind of single one guy on the Raiders, you know you're asking one guy out of eleven to make a play that that's not hard you know if if you run something like you said like a rollout or, or even maybe some middle routes maybe a combination route real quick. You're making the whole Raider defense. You're making the pass rush come at you. You're making the linebackers cover. And you're making the corners stay, stay back, and you know, and, and cover that. So again, you, you again, they left it for one guy to make a play on the Raiders, and he did twice. So I, I was really impressed with that. But um, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't I wouldn't say I don't I disagree with the call. But again, they ran it twice. If it doesn't work the first time, like you said, maybe try and run something else. And, uh, and again, the fact that they ran it twice was like you said a little bit. Uh, a little bit confusing, and like you said, Herbert's a good athlete. Maybe try to get him to roll out or something, and, and maybe even use his legs because I believe it was from the five yard line. Yeah, roughly. yeah. So again, that, that that's tough for for a fade like that too. Um, it, cool. it, it was it was it was madness and scenes though on that last catch. <laughs> because what was funny about it is the play had happened, and I saw the ball pop out pretty early, but it didn't look like anybody else saw the ball pop out. It, oh, it, looked sure, like yeah. it looked like oh, all the Chargers were It looked like all the Chargers were convinced that that he had caught it. And even the Raider, I think the only guy that was really confident about it was thirty one Johnson. And, and you said he's undrafted. Too. Yeah, undrafted. What, where do you go to school? Somewhere small. Let me check. All right, let me check real quick. I'll give you I haven't heard of him. Johnson update. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't heard of him. I saw on Twitter somebody said something about him playing more. One of the Raiders guy that I know you follow. I think maybe somebody retweeted it about uh, him University playing a little Houston. bit more. Yeah, Mullen got hurt, so he he was in Mullen's spot. Uh, Trayvon Mullen wow. But yeah, like I said, it was just interesting because I saw the ball clearly pop out no, in a backstory. I, I I had the Raiders on a straight bet. Um, I had a Raiders in a parlay, so I, I was a big Raider fan yesterday. And I told you last week. I mean, we both felt pretty good about the Raiders going in this game, but you told me when we were hanging out on Saturday that it was just about again a backstory on the game on the Raiders before the game was you said it was weird because it was a game you felt the Raiders should win. No, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the Raiders, and then, were, Raiders were four and three. The Chargers two and two and five. Mm-hmm. They blown. Raiders, leads, Raiders like, had a good road a, a record on the road as well, and they've been playing well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyways, just to circle back on, on on the play, I saw that ball pop out clearly, but again, it just didn't look like anybody else saw it. And, and what was interesting too was again, all the Chargers are celebrating. They think it's a touchdown, but poor Anthony Lynn's over there with his fingers crossed, just hoping, <laughs> hoping that he's gonna, he's going to finally get one that goes his way. Um, and then the first couple angles that they showed, the first couple replays that they showed, it wasn't the right angle. It, it was the, it was kind of the side pylon angle. Then it was the back pylon angle. And then it was like kind of straight up and down. And finally, I think a minute and a half in, I don't, I don't know if you remember this, a minute yeah. and a half in, they finally show it pop out. Again, everybody, they're all saying, I don't, was Schler, I think Schlerich was doing the game, right? Mark Schlerich? Yeah, Schler, yeah. 
Yeah, and he's saying touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And all of a sudden he's like, oh, maybe not. It's like I saw that ball pop out. I, I don't understand because, again, the way that Johnson kind of fell on him, I only saw the ball pop out. And obviously Parham pulled the ball back in. So obviously it's going to look like a catch. I, I, I was getting worried. Again, I'm not a Raider fan, but I rooted, I bet on the Raiders, so I was getting worried that is anybody really going to see this because it didn't look like anybody saw it. And finally, they caught the right angle, and then they cut to Johnson, and Johnson streaking across the field. No, oh, yeah. And again, the next the next cut is poor Anthony Lynn just standing there like, is this really happening <laughs> to me again? Because to recap on the Chargers, man, they they have they've got to be one of the better two and two and uh, what are they two and seven? Yeah, two and six. Yeah, they're one of the better two and two and six, two and seven teams because. Again, they're always right there. They're always right there trying to, trying to cut it down to the game, and then they just find a way to lose. I know last week they beat they, – they went to Denver and won, correct? Yeah, they went to Denver and won, correct? They lost. Remember the last play, uh, Locke, Drew Locke. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. They did lose to Denver. That yeah. is correct. They did lose to Denver. Again, it was the last play, though. I'm sorry about that. Um, but, again, yeah, they, they just always seem to kind of get down there. And uh, I thought they pulled out that Denver game, but I guess not. I guess not. I guess it is the charge. Um, They did, yeah. What did you think about Gruden kicking the field goal? We were talking about it was 26 to 28 at that point. Uh, The Raiders were up two, and we already talked about it. But uh, remember, he kicked it. I feel like Isaiah Johnson Mm -hmm. kind of. Kind of saved. I think he definitely. Oh, I think he definitely bailed out Gruden. I have that on my notes here. That Gruden's still conservative, but it paid off. I mean, I don't know if you could say it paid off. He made. Came in like the last play. Kind of got, he the just last kind of gave it. I just, I just didn't like the again. I had, I had Raider money, so I, I was a big Raider fan. Yesterday. I just didn't like the way the momentum was swinging. I felt like all the momentum was swinging into the Chargers' way. I'm sure you felt that too. And I think that was another thing where it's like Gruden can really grab the game and grab the momentum by going for that. And they had been—I yeah. mean, we'd been texting. We and you were texting. While you told me you knew before he even kicked the sent the I field goal, he was going to kick didn't the even field think goal. about it. Yeah, you didn't even think about. It. But again, they've been kicking the shit out of the Chargers up and down the field, running the ball. Yeah. And I just felt like two yards—you know—that should be that should be easy for the Raiders to get. But again, Gruden played a conservative, and like you said, it, it, you could say it paid off. It really did, but. Um, I just didn't like the momentum. I didn't like giving Herbert the ball back. And one thing on Herbert, man, Herbert's the real deal. I really like Justin Herbert. No, he's a he's baller. a big, tall guy. Yeah, he can ball, and like the you said, he locks. can run. Yeah, <laughs> he can run. He looks like a quarterback. I think the Chargers at least have their quarterback, man. That's something they can feel better about. But um, yeah, no, you, you're a thousand percent right on Gruden. I mean, again, you texted me before. I texted you. I said he's got to go for this. You have to. It, it, again, what was it? Twenty-eight, twenty-six. Yeah. He kicks the field goal to make it 31-26 yeah. and give the ball give the ball back to Herbert. I, I just didn't like it. And you know what's funny is is they even they even had what was it? Maybe on the 40-yard line where they had that same thing, kind of fourth and short. I think it was towards the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And then the Chargers almost gave the game to the Raiders when when they muffed that punt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, so that happens. And then obviously the Raiders get the ball back again. They still can't run out the clock. They give the ball back to the Chargers again. So they gave the Chargers two or three times really to steal the game. And again, it paid off for Gruden. And, and, but again, like you said, it's conservative Gruden. And you know what? You, you I got to give a shout out to Derek Carr. I've never been the biggest Derek Carr fan, but man, he's been playing well. <laughs> he really has. I mean, you, you've watched him his whole career. You, you tell me this, is this the best he's played? I mean, I know he had that 12 and four year. Well, where yeah, where he was an MVP candidate. Obviously, he got hurt and never, never played in the playoff game. But is this the best you've seen him play? No, for sure. Since since then, he's been pretty shaky at best. I know a lot of people. I mean, me included would say that, especially when there's pressure or like we talked about. I believe his last podcast when it gets cold and things get a little 
things get a little hairy. Derek Carr kind of usually he kind of he folds up. But uh, I think what definitely like gave me like like I thought of 2016 when he threw that ball on the run to Hunter Hunter Redfro. That was like a holy shit. This is 2016 Derek when he's on the run finds uh, Hunter Renfro behind the defense. And then the, the Nelson Aguilar ball, that, that was a really good ball. Uh, Nelson Aguilar actually only getting paid $1 million this year. One year, $1 million is a prove-it deal. He's been incredible for them, probably their best free agent acquisition. I mean, the, the box score doesn't do it justice, 13-23. to 23, But, yeah, he, he's, been, he's been lighting on fire. No, I think you hit it on the head with Carr. I mean, again, you've watched him as your, his whole career, and for you, you know, you're, you're the best one to kind of tell me how he's playing. But like you said, the supporting cast, you, you can't you can't say much anything better about them. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, you just talked about how much he's making and the place he's making. Darren Waller's a top five tight end in the league. I don't care what anybody says. Josh Jacobs and Devonta and uh, what is it? Is it Devonte Booker? Yeah. That's his name, right? Yeah, Devontae Booker. Yeah. They're a great one-two punch. You know, Rashard does kind of his thing. And then third in Renfro, he continues to come up, make mm. big plays. He caught the only touchdown last week, right, against uh, the Browns, correct? Yeah, yeah, the only he, touchdown. He caught, that big, he caught that huge third down uh, this week. was a 60-yarder, which I thought Carr made a great play to keep his eyes downfield. And then and then for, for, for uh, Renfro to sneak past the secondary and get in there. Um, I, I, I heard what you said last week about Jason Witten. I saw Jason Witten catch a pass for two. <laughs> that was pretty good. But, no, all these guys – the, the, thing, the, the thing with the Raiders is, man, can they just get rugs going, man? That would oh, be they awesome get more if they could get them going. Yeah. I mean, Schlereth the whole game. Targets. And everybody on, on Twitter was calling for him that deep shot, that deep shot, and they just never really took it. Mm. Because at, at, in the fourth quarter, I mean, you watched the game – the Chargers were stacking the line, man. They were not giving the Raiders the run, and that's what they drafted Rux for to break the, to break the defense down like that. You know, Aguilar's done a good job of it. If you can have Aguilar on one side with Rugs on the other, man, that that that's impressive. You know, you can't give much safety help if you do that. So, you know, with Waller across the middle of the field, and then Booker and and Jacobs coming out of the backfield, those are some serious weapons. And and you know, you got to get Rugs going. I don't know if it's more on Rugs or if it's more on Gruden not using him. I mean, you tell me. I know he was banged up a little bit. But they got to get him moving. They got to get him going. For sure, that would be that would be huge for the offense. That would yeah. that would be huge. I mean, they drafted him to be Derek Carr's deep threat, and it's not it's not really happening yeah. right now. But no, again, that'd sure. be a great that'd be because he's given him really nothing this whole year. Correct? I mean, you tell me. No, he's uh he's flashed maybe in a couple games, but really they've they've really mm-hmm. disconnected. They haven't been able to. So I mean, so uh, as we move into the second ball. half, as we move into the second half of the season, how big would that be for them to get him going? Mm-hmm. You know, because you look at guys like Jefferson on the Vikings. You look at Judy on the on the Broncos. I mean, these young guys Irene. are playing well. Oh, I'm sorry. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. No, I'm just saying. Speedsters like that. I mean, to get him going would be awesome. And again, it's not hard to get a fast guy going like that. You know, just give him a couple of go routes, give him some quick cream, let him run a little bit, let him get a little more comfortable. And because uh, you never really know he's on the field, honestly. I mean, a guy like that, you got to get in the ball when he's on the field. And to be honest, I didn't even know if he was playing yesterday. I mean, you tell me. I don't think he caught a pass yesterday, right? No, he only had like one end around that went for mm-hmm. ten yards. But that that was yeah. Like again, again, targets, the, zero reception, no yeah. catches. Yeah, those speedsters, you got to get in the ball because they can be used as a decoy if they're not if they're not you catching passes or anything. Yeah. You know, Tyree Kill doesn't always get the ball, but you got to you got to make sure you know what Tyree Kill is. You know. So again, as as you as you spin it forward with the Raiders, we keep talking about them every week, man. I like this team. I, I think I think they've kind of figured out who they are. Ground and pound. You let Carr make plays when he needs to. Um, again, like I just mentioned, Aguilar's playing well. Darren Waller's playing well. If you can get Rugs going, and, and and honestly, you know the defense, it's it's kind of bend don't break, right? I mean, they're not 
they haven't they haven't really broke uh, the last couple weeks, and they've been playing well. Who they got this week? Uh, they have the Broncos Denver, right? at home. Yeah. yeah, Denver again at home. That's a winnable, winnable game. But again, this this game. is what we talk about with the Raiders that. These are winnable games. These are games they should win. They're going to be favored, I would assume, by four, at least five points. I haven't looked at the line. But, you know, these are the games that in the past couple of years they haven't really won. These are the games they need to win if they want to make the playoffs and they really want to distance themselves and say, hey, we're going to be a playoff team. No, for sure. Um, just to put a ball on the radar, one thing I did want to touch on is I want to give a little shout-out to, to one, Tom Cable. I know he's had his uh, issues off the field. But uh, he's been, he's been re- actually it wasn't even off the field. I think it was on the field where he punched somebody. Yeah, it was on yeah, practice yeah, field. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, he's, yeah. he's done a heck of a job patching this offensive line together. Just this week, Colton Miller was out. I don't know if you heard about Trent Brown, but Trent Brown's supposed to be out another month. I did. Yeah, yeah. No, and I read then, that uh, on Trent Brown. Incognito has been out most of the year, but uh, mm-hmm. Brandon Parker. Yeah, Brandon Richie. Parker starting. Was that? Yeah, he's been out most of the year with the, with an ACL issue. But mm-hmm. uh, he had Brandon Parker starting at left tackle. Sam Young at right tackle. I mean, it hasn't been the prettiest thing, but they're definitely getting it done. They're able and that's to a lot ball. of money on the sideline too, with with Incognito and Brown. That's mm-hmm. a lot of money on the sideline. Yeah, I mean, but no, yeah, uh, no, absolutely. You know, that's that's a great shout out. Yeah, because again, like I said, the Raiders were pushing around the Browns last week. You talked about Jacobs for one thirty four, and then this week I thought they were pushing around the Chargers, and that's how they need to play. Carr has been so. I mean, look at what the run game was last year and what it is this year, and look at how much better Carr is. You know, again, you, you you run the ball well. You open things up for Waller on the play action. You open up Aguilar deep. Again, if you can get rugs going, that would be another great thing to put to put out there for him. But, yeah, absolutely. I think that Raider offensive line is playing well. They're tough. And, again, when you run the ball and you control the clock and your quarterback doesn't turn the ball over, which Carr hasn't, you know, you oh, don't need sure. it. You don't that's need a, a, you don't that's need a great thing. Defense. He had a lot of dumb penalties. Or he's had a lot of dumb interceptions the last couple of years. He's definitely cleaned it up. Ball security. I know he had that one. To, remember, we were talking about how they gifted him three points. That was uh, they did, yeah, at the end of the half. That was bad. That was bad. That was just weird because again, not a lot of time. I don't know if they had a timeout or not, and it, it just didn't look like it didn't look like they knew what they were doing. Is you know, cars dropping back to pass. You know, when they have, you know, they need at least 50, 50, at least fifty to sixty yards for a field goal. So it really was kind of weird. Yeah, it was a little mm-hmm. weird. Yeah, I didn't even see that. I just came back and I was like, how did the Chargers get a field goal? So. Yeah. But again, that that's that's funny because you know we talk about Gruden being conservative. He wasn't being conservative there. No, 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 not at all. No, as 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 again, like you said, put it on the ball. I like this Raiders team. Again, they they've got to they've got to win these these games that they should win, and they should have won last this Sunday against Chargers, and they did, and they should win against the Broncos at home this week, and and I think they will. You know, again, they they found their recipe running the ball, um, getting their ball, getting the ball to the playmakers in one on one matchups, and then for the defense, Ben don't break. And maybe they can get these guys, some of these guys healthy. Maybe they can get rugs going. And there's a lot, there's a lot of room for this team to improve. I don't think they're maxing out their potential yet. If you, if you ask me, you would agree, right? No, absolutely. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of things to clean up. I mean, they have guys in and out every week. It seems like Trent Brown's been on sideline most of the year. Incognito's been out most of the year. You've had the COVID issues. Um, I, I definitely think there's more, definitely more room to improve for this Raiders team. Yeah, I think yeah, things are. I think definitely. Yeah, I think things are definitely looking up for them. I really do. And again, the last couple of years, you can't, you haven't really been able to say that. But uh, I think these young guys are playing well. And uh, again, the defense has playmakers. It's not the best defense in the league. But again, they can be bend don't break. Like I keep bringing up. I think they've got a real shot. Car doesn't turn the ball over. They've got talent on offense. Uh, I think that's their recipe, and that's kind of what they're. That's what they're leaning on lately. And uh, I think they played well lately. I, I'm excited to see how they move. How they move forward in the season. Um, just, just looking ahead a little bit, I think this is week 13 and 16. Who would have known that we're talking about 
I mean, we've always talked, we've always talked about how 2020 is a weird year, but how weird is it that we're talking about the Dolphins actually being a playoff contender? They play the Dolphins, and they, we talked about the Colts earlier. They play them both at home, and those are probably a couple teams they're probably going to be playing. Obviously, they already have the yep, tiebreaker. Those are, the Browns. Those yeah. are a couple teams. Yeah. Those are, I don't mm-hmm. want to say winnable games, but you have them at home. Those are, those are going to be big games. Yeah. As we transition, how fun was that two and Kyler game? How much of that did you catch? It was a lot of it was well, on the red I mean, zone, actually. I mean, all those one o'clock games, man. I mean, those three one o'clock games, man, were just fantastic. I mean, I don't remember a span of like four hours of football that was that fun. I mean, you had again, we just talked about the Raider game. We got into the Cowboy game, close games down to the end, and then Tua and Kyler, the the battle of the number one picks wearing number one. Actually, I'm sorry, Tua wasn't a number one pick, Tim. But again, first round picks, I should say, wearing yeah. the number one. That was fun, man. It, it, that 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 to me is like what the future of the league is going to be. Just guys just running around making plays, you know, the RPO stuff. Both guys are poised. Both guys really made plays on their feet. What, what, what was so impressive to me about Tua was under pressure, he never really seemed to get flustered. I mean, he, he at Alabama, he had those plays where he's running around, you know, nearly getting sacked, spinning out of tackles, and then kind of getting the first down still, or even throwing touchdowns. And he was doing the same thing in the NFL. I, 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 I was so fun. And then Kyler Murray is one of the funnest guys to watch too. I mean, every time you think he's down, he scampers for a couple more yards. Yeah. So one of the podcasts I was listening to was the last three weeks, Kyler uh, Murray's over-under for rushing yards have been between 40 to 50, and he's gone over all three times. I mean, it, it's been impressive to watch him. He's an impressive team to watch. I think I think both teams have, have done a good job of kind of catering to their guys and catering to their quarterbacks and kind of giving them the keys to the car. And these guys are both fun, man. I could watch Kyler, I could watch Kyler Murray into a – to uh, Tunga Bailoa play quarterback uh, against each other. All, I mean, all day. I could, I could watch that, you know, 365 uh, a year. Man, it was fun. No, for Both sure, guys, yeah. like I said, look poised under chaos. And for the Cardinals, that was a big that was a big one to give away because if they win that game, they're, run, they're looking at 6-2. And, two and, and with, with the Bucks loss that we'll get into, I mean, that, that's top of the NFC, tied with the, Pack, tied with the Packers and uh, I believe with, with Seattle losing as well. I believe the Packers and Saints are both 6-2. So yeah. That was a big one the Cardinals gave away. But, again, those are the games. That's a young Cardinals team as far as, you know, with the quarterback and with the coach. So those yeah, are the games yeah. you expect them to kind of lose. But, again, same thing with with, with the Dolphins. That, that They're a young team with a young quarterback, young coach, and that's a game they won. So I thought it was impressive on both ways. No, I thought that was – no, this was uh, – I, mean, I kind of already talked about it, but Cardinals-Dolphins, who would have thought that would be one of the funnest games of the year? Tua, mm-hmm. incredible. He looked a lot more comfortable. They definitely asked him to do a lot more, and he looked really good doing it. Um, well, mm-hmm. I don't remember what quarter it was, but he had that little run where he like went he back he uh, he dropped back he went left and then he like spun yep. and then he got, yep. got like seventeen more yards that was that was really mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, um, he's quick, man. He's obviously not as quick as Murray, but he's quick and athletic. <laughs> and and again, this is what the NFL is turning into. You know, guys like Herbert, guys like Tua, guys like Kyler Murray, guys like Lamar, guys that can just make plays on their feet, extend plays, and really get moving and just be exciting. And you know what's even funner is you know next week we got Tua against uh, we got Tua against Herbert. Two uh, the tar- the Dolphins and Chargers play. Okay, so that'll be a fun one. Yeah. So two battle the two rookie quarterbacks. That that'll definitely be a fun one. But yeah, I mean that game was fun back and forth, and, and it was impressive that the Dolphins pulled it out. Again, we talked about the Dolphins last week an impressive win against the Rams. I was even more impressed than this week with a huge win against uh, Arizona. Yeah. Again, what are they now? Then that that moves them to what five and three, four and three. Yeah, really with the Raiders. Three, with Raiders right? Yeah. Mhm. So that that's going to be a tight race. That's gonna be a tight race all the way down to the end, and that, that like you said, that game, uh, Tua against uh, uh, in in Vegas, right? Tua's coming to Vegas. Yeah, that's gonna be a fun game, man. I can't wait for that one. 
again, to to as much watch TV, just like just like Kyler Murray is, and just like Justin Herbert is. I mean, these are three young quarterbacks that are all must watch TV, man. And it's it's been really fun. And then you look at the, you look at the way Burrow's playing in Cincinnati. I mean, this is the future of the league, and it's exciting, man. These these young quarterbacks are playing well. They're being coached well. Their, their teams are kind of putting guys around them. They're making plays. These guys are much fun. These guys are must see TV, and, and that's exactly what the red zone is, man. That, that, that's why, again, that the NFL is what it is. They just keep churning out these great young quarterbacks and that, that play these exciting styles and these exciting games. And I really just am so excited with the, the, for the rest of the season. Hey, shout, shout out to the Miami Dolphins, who also own the Texans' first and second round picks next year, who are 2-6 and six right now. They're My Dolphins Lord, isn't that sweet. crazy? They're going to be sweet. Well, that was why I, I, yeah, absolutely. That's why that report came out that they were look because the Texans before this week were one and six. So the, one of the reports was again, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't read too much into it, but one of them was that the Dolphins wanted to get two in to kind of scout just in case they had a top three, top four pick. You know, with all the quarterbacks coming out, yeah. with Lawrence, Justin Fields, the guy from North, uh, North Dakota State. So again, but I, I, it looks like the Dolphins got their guy. I don't see how you can give up on two at this point. The Dolphins look like they've got their guy. And like you said, they're going to have a top 10 pick. That Texans pick is going to be top 10. They're going to have a top pick in the second round. They're going to have their first round pick. They're going to have their second round pick. It's exciting, man. Yeah. And uh, Brian Flores can coach, man. He's a Belichick he's a guy. Belichick guys haven't always really worked out. But he's got the defense playing well. He really does. They had another uh, defensive touchdown this week. Again, they gave the up a lot sack. of points. That was in Arizona. Huge. The strip sacks. And yeah. The, uh... they, gave, mm-hmm. they gave up a lot of points in Arizona, but – but again, Ben don't break, and, and I thought they gave Tua a chance at the end of the game, and that's kind of what happens. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I I, I definitely they, so there. G- give me the AFC standings real quick. Yeah, let me. Uh, I'll bring it up right now. AFC. You want me the playoff picture or the standings? Mm-hmm. Playoff picture. Yeah, yeah, playoff picture. All right. Because that's yeah. exciting down there at the end with you know six, seven, eight, nine. No, it's huge. Uh, so right now you have. The guys who are leading the division, the Steelers, the Chiefs, mm-hmm. the Bills, and the Titans. And then mm-hmm. and what's the, the Bills record? The Bills are at six and two? Seven. Seven and two. And seven obviously and two. the Steelers would be the only team to get the bye. And then five, six, seven, you have the Ravens, the Raiders, and the Dolphins. But uh the Raiders wow. and the Dolphins are five and three. And at six and seven, the the seeding, and eight and nine, who are looking in, five and three are also the Browns and the Colts. Interesting. Browns are five and three? Yeah. That's going to be tight. But at this point, you know, man, I, I'm, I'd put my money on the Raiders and the Dolphins, really. I mean, again, Baltimore's only one game ahead of those guys. But if I had to pick four out of those two, I'm sorry, if I had to pick two out of those four between the Dolphins, Raiders, Colts, and um, Browns, I mean, I'm, I'm the way the way the Rivers played and the way Baker Mayfield played two weeks ago, Yeah, I don't like either of those teams, man. I, no, I like this sure. Dolphins team. And like we just touched on the Raiders, man. The Raiders ground and pound. Don't turn the ball over. Ben, don't break on defense. And that's kind of the way the Dolphins are playing as well. You know, two is playing well. Their defense is playing well. Yeah, I'd bet on those two teams. I don't I don't like the quarterback play in, in Indy. And, I again, we just watched a stinker two weeks ago by uh, Baker Mayfield. So <laughs> I, I like the Raiders to get in. I mean, again, tough because they'll have to go to probably, you know, Kansas City, one of them, whoever's that seven seed. But, yeah. hey. You're, you're in the playoffs. And, again, we talked about it last week to, to again, as we keep bringing up the Raiders. Gruden doesn't care how he's going to get in the playoffs this year. He needs to get into the playoffs. No, for he sure. He has Third to get year. in the playoffs this yeah. year. Yeah, he has to. And, hey, they've only got a win in Kansas City, so we'll see. Obviously, it's not set in stone to play Kansas City because they could still get that sixth seed. They could even get the five seed if Baltimore drops out. 
But yeah. uh, no, it's going to be fun down the stretch. But again, I'd put my money on the Dolphins. And, and you know, hey, the Dolphins five and three, they still got a game probably against uh, Buffalo. Hey, could they sneak it in? I, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, only only a game back. You're right. Or mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised at all. No, no, for sure. Mm-hmm. Two is probably going to get better. He's going to get a lot more snaps. I mean, I'm thinking about it right now. We're talking about two right now, but I think the Raiders play the Dolphins week 16 or week 13. I mean, that's going to be a completely different Tua with more more games under his uh, under his belt. Did you see a lot of people kind of writing off Tua after last week? I think a lot of people were like questioning Tua. Yeah, again, I thought it was weird. Was weird. I, I thought it was, was, I thought really it was weird. weird because there was there, there was that again. His defense obviously you know got him most of the points against the Rams and really led them there. But there was like I said that report where that the Dolphins wanted to get Tua in right away because they wanted to evaluate him or for, for the draft because of the picks. Like it was all just weird stuff, man. It's like this guy. People forget. The, the kind of prospect Tua was before he got hurt. I mean, it wasn't Trevor Lawrence before Tua got hurt. It was Tua, and and, and he was the runaway pick. Oh, yeah. I mean, they'd been talking about the Dolphins taking for Tua two years ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously he, he had the hip injury, and everybody was talking about him being healthy. And you know what? Honestly, I do believe it really helped him to come in behind Fitzpatrick. Not necessarily maybe what he learned from Fitzpatrick because they're different quarterbacks, but maybe just being able to kind of calm down, get healthy, Get his under his feet, you know. The first time he suited up for an NFL game, he wasn't he wasn't starting. He got to kind of do the road thing where he goes on the road, travels with the team and everything, and then they kind of worked him. And I thought the Dolphins have done a great job. And again, like you said, with 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 the pick they have of the Texans this year, and then the second round pick, they're poised, man. I, I like it. Again, they don't they don't have the most talented team, but again, with with first round picks like that, that's all you can do, man. They can do luxury picks and pick talented guys. Oh, again, blue get them in right the round two. Yeah, absolutely. So, again, that's how they built it. Again, they didn't really tank. Again, last year, everybody was thinking they were tanking. I think they still won four or five games. They were still able to fall. Tua was still able to fall to them and for them to get in. Again, you have Fitzpatrick. They kind of let Tua calm down, let Tua get in there, and, and let Tua kind of work under him. And then, obviously, they promoted Tua, uh, promoted Tua, the starting quarterback. And I like him, man. I think this is a good Dolphin team. I would not be surprised if they sneak into the playoffs. I really wouldn't. We're going to touch on what I thought was – I think we all thought was going to be the game of the week, saints Bucks. At Tampa Bay, they scored ended thirty-eight to three. I personally turned the game off at half. I uh, I took my family out to uh, the Starbucks drive-through, went to get some hot chocolate. Um, Brady forty point four passer rating. I mean, the, the Saints just kicked the crap out of him in all three phases. I know the talk of the Bucks was how fast their linebackers were, how great their young secondary had been, how great their pass ru- pass rush was, but they got the crap kicked out of them at home. It was ugly. It was a state. It, it, was, the, the it, was, it was, I mean, it was the worst I've ever seen Tom Brady play. I mean, seriously, I, I don't think I saw him. I don't think I've ever seen him play worse. And I pride myself in watching all the Tom Brady games I can because he is one of the greatest. I think he's the greatest. But it was the worst game I've ever seen for him play. It, it really was. They got nothing going offensively. They were down early. I think they were down 21-0 within the first three drives, maybe the first four drives. And another thing, the, the, the Saints had a fumble at the one-yard line. It could have been even worse. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, nobody – again, all week the talk was was Antonio Brown, Gronk, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, LaShawn McCoy, all the weapons they had. Not one guy could get open against the Saints. I don't know what it is against against the Saints that the Bucks haven't been able to play this year. But, again, man, it, it, it was tough. And, and I, I, I again, like you said, I didn't watch the second half. I got to be honest, I really didn't watch much of the second quarter. Uh, again, the, by, the, by the end of the first quarter, it was over. I thought Breeze and, and Sean Payton came in with a great game plan to kind of get up in the receiver's face. They got in Tom Brady's face. I mean, the, the, there was pressure in Tom Brady's face early and often. 
and I didn't think the Bucks ever really had a shot. No, for sure. I thought this was a, a you must have forgot game from the Saints. I mean, they had a, I'm, I was looking at their schedule earlier, and before this game, they had a couple of close wins. They beat the remember they beat the Chargers in overtime. They had their bye week. They barely beat the Panthers, and then they went to overtime with the Bears. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I they hadn't looked good. A, I said last week they hadn't looked good. No, they they really had their defense was giving up a lot of big plays, but they played really really freaking well. They played. Hell as good as you could play against, uh, I guess in an NFL game, right? I mean, you don't, you're never really blown out, guys. Especially what many consider the most complete team in the league. Can I ask you your opinion on a guy? Yeah. Well, what's your opinion on Taysom Hill? Or do you, do you think <laughs> Taysom Hill was running all over? He was passing all over. He was <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I, let, I, let, okay. Yeah, yeah. Let, I, let me let me get um, I'll get let me get to it. Let me get to it. Give me a second. <laughs> I was, I was so, let me get to. Give me a second. I understand. Can I read off the stats first? Can I read, can I read the stats off first? Go, go ahead. Go ahead. He, I'm really excited about this. But he had a grab for 21 yards. He had seven big carries. Third for 50, he had a big yeah. third down. Seven carries, for, third down. Seven, carries yeah. for 50, seven carries for 54 yards. And then two for two passing for 48 yards. <laughs> but you had a question. Yeah. It's, it's, more, it's, more, it's more of an open-ended question where uh-huh. – do you think because because this I think this is his last year where he's going to be like this. I think somebody's going to give him a real shot at, at being at being their starter. So, let me ask you this. Do you think he can do this as the guy somewhere or do you think he's just a gadget player with the Saints? Cuz personally, uh, personally I would say he should sign a lifetime contract with Drew Brees and Sean Payton and just do this. Because I don't think anywhere else he's able to, like you said, pass you know two times a game, run seven times a game, catch passes, be on the punt team. I mean, th- th- this is this is crazy. I don't think we've ever really seen an NFL player. This is what Tim Tebow should have strived to be. I mean, right? A Trubisky? But, but my, no, I'm saying Tim Tebow. Oh, remember, Tebow. Remember the Jets put him on the punt team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, yeah. They had him, yeah. So, so do you think? Are you at the mindset of what I'm saying? Is where. Sure. He's more of a gadget player. I don't think he can do this as a full-time starter, right? No, I, I mean, I never really liked any sort of two-quarterback deal. I think it's all pretty gimmickly, gimmicky. I don't really think it's – I don't think there's a place for it in the NFL. I mean, they could damn well prove, prove me wrong and win the whole thing, but I think it's pretty gimmicky, and I, I don't really – I mean, I think if you ask Sean Payton gun to his head, if he had to, pay, if he had to play somebody, if Drew Brees can play, I think he's starting Jameis. Ten times well, that's what happened last year when Bruce went down. They didn't. They didn't start Taysom Hill. They started yeah. Teddy Bridgewater again. Taysom Hill's role increased. Oh, you're right. Yeah. And Taysom Hill role increases in these big games that they have. But again, to turn over your team to a guy like Taysom Hill, I, I just don't think it. But but in my mindset, again, I don't know if you agree. Somebody's going to try to get him, and somebody's going to try to put him as a starter. Uh-huh. You would think, right? Well, he I mean, uh, again, look, he signed a contract this offseason. I think I'm looking at it. I thought it was just this, an. Ext- I thought he. I thought he was going to be a free agent, and they tendered him with like a first round. So I think he's on a one year deal, but yeah. you'd you'd have to double check that. It says signed an extension through the twenty twenty one season, so I think that would be. So one more year. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe maybe again, I don't know how many more years Breeze has got, but I think it works well. I think he works well now with everything they do with him, and you know, obviously having him kind of be the gadget guy with Breeze in there still. And then obviously they have the cover of James Winston as the backup. I'm not sure if James had a one or two year deal, but, but again, I, I know that the, this off season, I mean, he's somebody is going to go after him. Somebody's going to offer him the keys to the car. I think if you ask me, mm-hmm. I mean, it's good. I just, that just sounds so exotic. It sounds freaking crazy. 
<laughs> I think because let me because uh, I was reading something. I don't know if you've looked into it. How many professional passes do you think he's thrown, or do you know how many he's thrown? Oof. I heard a stat before. Yeah, somebody said. Was, yeah, I read it too, and they said it was a lot less than I thought he would than he has. A lot so, less. I would say under twenty-five, and that might even be that might even be high. Why am I getting right now? I'm getting his rushing and receiving stats. But well, there's all his stats. Yeah, yeah, that's when. Or how much did you say? I said 25. He's thrown. This might be. Yeah, this is just a regular season, but 18. Wow. He's thrown 18. 18 man, I'm sure he hasn't thrown a lot of passes in the postseason. And he threw. Wow. And he threw two in this game. So, so before this game, he's thrown 16 passes. Insane. Again, I, I'm at the mindset of like you. I think he should sign a lifetime contract with Sean Payton. But yeah. again, the way the way. The hype he gets and the attention he gets when he goes in the game, I think somebody's <laughs> going to – I think somebody when, when, when he goes in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jake, Jake was losing his mind this morning telling me and Isaiah that he was a starting quarterback. And he t- even tweeted, my little brother tweeted, that somebody needs to give him the keys to the car. And this is why I brought it up. So I'm glad, I'm glad we're on the same page with this. Maybe we can have Jake on in a couple of weeks to, to state his case. You want to do the fan questions or what? Yeah, let's get into these fan questions. You got them all? Uh, let me pull them up. All right, next we're going to go into these fan questions. I'm going to bring them up right now. Which, do you know which one you want to attack first or no? No, it doesn't matter to me. I got them all. Let's go with Isaiah Jimenez. At Z underscore Zay. That's Z-double-A-Y-Y. <laughs> Is it panic time in top of Bay, or did Tom just wake up on the wrong side of the bed, have a bad game? Personally, I don't. I'm not really worried about this team. I think it was kind of just a... I mean, they're still early. I think one thing we have to consider is that with Tom Brady, I mean, I don't want to kind of give him a little cop out, but this this is an offseason where nobody really had a you had virtual OTAs, virtual mini camps, but I, I'm not really too red, not ready to ring the alarm. I honestly personally checked the Buccaneers odds to win the whole thing because I don't think it's going to be as low as it is now. I was kind of surprised it's still plus 850. I was looking for maybe like a plus, plus 850. Wow. Yeah, it yeah. still is. Because I was like, I think this is the lowest their stock's going to be all year after getting ex- exposed on uh, national TV. But, no, I am not. I think they're way too talented. Their defense is way too good. Their secondary mm-hmm. is kind of questionable, very young. But I think they have way too many playmakers at offense. Antonio Brown, I don't know if he makes it to the season, but if he does, he's definitely going to be a key piece <laughs> for them. Uh, what, are, what, are your, what are your thoughts on uh, Isaiah's question? Yeah, I, I – I... I wouldn't say it's panic time, and I'd be, I, and I, and I say this with the preface that the point uh, Isaiah made that he just kind of woke up on the wrong side of the bed. And then again, if you're looking kind of towards the future with Tampa Bay, uh, you know, t- t- New Orleans has had these two impressive wins against Tampa Bay, but again, they've had stinkers against the Packers. They've, they again, they they took the the Chargers. Um, Who's the other team you mentioned? The Carolina. The Saints. Yeah, it was Carolina. It was the they, the Bears mm-hmm. and the Chargers. Yeah, so you look at Seattle, and then you look at Green Bay. Green Bay just put up a stinker against Minnesota. You look at Seattle. Seattle's defense is awful. I mean, Josh Allen just tore them up yesterday. Um, who, who else in the NFC? I mean, that, that, that's really it, right? I mean, you can look at the Rams, the Cardinals, um, obviously nobody in the East. So I wouldn't panic. I would not panic too much. I, I would say with the chips down on the table, I, I'd still take Tom Brady in a playoff game, uh, you know, against Terrence. one of those teams. He's a big yeah, guy yeah, exactly. And then Bob all the talent balls. they have, if they yeah. can't. It, it's more upside with the Broncos. With the I'm sorry, the Broncos with the Bucks. 
that I would look at. I wouldn't say it's, it's panic time too much. But, again, I think there's some real soul searching that needs to go on this week and say, okay, who are we going to be? I know we have all these weapons. I know we have all these targets. Um, but these guys have got to start buying in, and they've really got to start playing better because, uh, like you said, they just didn't – they didn't even show up, really. I mean, it was – it was – I can't remember a, a big-time game like this, the way they was built up, and a team really just no-showing like they did. So uh, I wouldn't panic. I wouldn't panic just yet. I would definitely say they need to get to work. And maybe a game like this is good for them where they kind of say, hey, oh, I sure. know we have all this talent, but we still need to get to work and we still need to uh, to kind of hit it hard during the week of practice and then put it out there as performance on the, on the, on Sundays. All right, let's go. This is from at Richard M. Tovar. Do you guys Richie Valens? Richie Valens, uh, <laughs> a protected account. And his flying guitar. <laughs> Do you guys think Belichick should have kept Jimmy G or should have signed maybe a Philip Rivers or a Teddy Bridgewater? Or does the Dark Lord does the, does the Dark Lord know what he's doing and he's biding his time and planning for 2021? Um, do you want to take this one? Yeah, I got it. Um, listen, it, it's easy to say now about the – which, again, we're doing this – we're taping this podcast. Seven, I think we started about 7.30. And I, the, uh, the, the, the Patriots actually won, right? They won on the last second yeah. field goal. Mm. So that takes them to three and three and five. Um, it's easy to say now that obviously the Patriots should have upgraded at the quarterback position, but it, again, it, it was hard again with the co- with the whole COVID thing with Tom Brady really taking the process and she really strung it out again. I don't know how long he said, uh, I'm sorry, how soon he told the Patriots, Hey, I'm not coming back, but he really strung it along. I think it was about two weeks into co- into, into the free agency, right? Obviously with COVID, everything kind of maybe slowed down. Um, so to say that Belichick should have, should have uh, upgraded the quarterback a little bit better, maybe Teddy Bridgewater. I like the way Teddy Bridgewater has been playing. But again, if you go with Teddy Bridgewater, you know that that's that was somebody you needed to sign for you know multiple years. And were they really ready to give the whole thing to Teddy Bridgewater? Um, same thing with Philip Rivers. Maybe they could have gone with Philip, but I think I'm under the mindset that that Belichick, like like me and like a lot of the people, didn't didn't really see much in Philip Rivers. So I thought the Cam thing was perfect for them. It was a one year flyer. It, it was it was to bring him in again. They they've kind of sort of made the offense around Cam, but again, it's only one year. They can change the whole thing right now if they wanted to. Really, they could put Stedham in or they could put Hoyer in, and you know, be done with Cam again. They don't really have any ties to him uh, or anything like that. Um, to say that, that that Belichick has a plan moving forward and you know has has this secret plan as as Mark said, um, I don't think so. Again, I think Belichick's a guy that is still trying to win games. I, I don't. I don't see Belichick ever tanking, and that's what a lot of people said this offseason, that he's not the guy to kind of got to tank. Um, does, he have a, does he have a master plan to kind of jump up and get one of these quarterbacks? Maybe. Again, that's something that, that uh, he'd have to probably talk. That's probably more of a Josh McDaniels thing. You know, Josh McDaniels has been there for years, and so for the, for the quarterback position, Josh McDaniels is going to be the guy that kind of works with the quarterback. So uh, to say he has a master plan, I, I wouldn't put it that way, but I would say that, that Belichick's a prepared guy, and I think Belichick does moving forward – have, have an idea of kind of where he wants to take the team. Obviously, again, the flyer on Cam this year, it's probably not going to work out. But, again, it's just a one-year flyer. Yeah, like you said, it was kind of low risk with Cam, one-year deal. I thought they were going to be actually a lot better. Actually, not a lot better. I thought they were going to have a chance this week in the playoffs. But um, kind of kind of, kind of along the same lines you were talking about, how, I mean, McDaniels has been there for 10-plus years, and he's had he had one guy there that knew the offense probably better than him. And then you had COVID, the whole COVID thing. With uh, the the Patriots actually had the most opt out opt out players, um, a couple guys, Marcus Cannon, Dante Hightower, Patrick Chung. I, I think they were at a disadvantage, and um, it was going to be tough for them 
no matter what, no matter who their quarterback was. I know they signed. Campbell, Patriots like are a big team too. Patriots are a big team too with with their whole with, with the whole in house stuff and everything they do yeah, the and you know the Patriots way. culture. Yeah, exactly. And so when when you're doing things over Zoom and, and when you're doing you know online things and you're not really in the building, yeah, it's obviously going to be a lot offense, tougher. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right, I got a fan question here for you. This one is coming in from. Well, Mr. Mr. Jacob Salgado, Jado, he doesn't really have a question. He just said, would anybody like to know, I believe we should have kept Matt Breida. That's all, guys. Thanks. <laughs> speaking of Richie, speaking of Richie Valen, last podcast. Richard M. Tovar says, if it makes you feel better, I agree. So a couple Niner fans uh, really at the depths of, <laughs> of things right now. Uh, I like Matt Breida, so maybe, maybe they should have uh, kept him. What do you think? No, for sure. Any, I mean, any thoughts all, on that? Yeah, all the running back injuries they've had, they, they definitely could have used them. I think they shipped mm. them off to Miami for like like nothing, but I think they definitely should have kept him. He was really good. Him and Mostert would have been a deadly combination, but yeah. Very that's, be, that's our Niners Very for the interesting. Week. Yeah, that's our Niners segment for the week. All right, here we go. I got one. Coming from Mr. Jacob Campos. Thank you, Jacob Campos, for the question. Good one. What's your take on NFL sports officiating? Bad or missed calls part of the game? we should just accept or is there a solution out there? Uh, me personally, I think, I think it would be nice if there was a way to, to hold these refs accountable. I know whenever there's a big, like a, a night game where there's a, the game's decided by a call. I know that, I mean, you and me both know that the NFL is usually protective of the refs. So it feels like after every like big, big, big blown call, uh, I know they have the union, they have the, the NFL usually always backs and they always mm-hmm. back no matter how bad, how egregious the calls are. But mm-hmm. if I had it my way, I think like docking them from pay or finding them would be uh, a way to go about it, or maybe even mm-hmm. like how they do it uh, in the UK. The last in the in the Premier League, do a little relegation, which I know mm-hmm. doesn't really make sense because there's two different. I think it's two different unions, <laughs> yeah. two different associations. Yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. I think it's by mm-hmm. I think it's by conference the referees, but just mm-hmm. relegation. Yeah. Uh, just just some way to hold these guys accountable, so they don't think they. You're just talking about NFL, right? You're just talking about yeah. NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, because it's just NFL. Was it just an NFL? It, it was all the sports, but again, it's NFL season. So to, just to focus in on the NFL, the, the the it's interesting about the NBA. What the NBA does, they do the last two minute report. So yeah. you know, the very next day, you get the missed calls and you get the blown calls. What's interesting, I I, I agree with you 100 on making the NFL um, guys accountable. Which is interesting. One of the calls that I, one of the calls that everybody else goes back to was the Saints Rams a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, can you name who the ref was? That made the call? Uh, Obviously not, right? No. Do you know who it is? I don't either. So that, that that's kind of the point I'm making. Like you yeah. said, to hold him accountable. No, I mean, that no, guy, really. yeah. I'm sure if you ask Saints fans, they'll, they'll tell you. But for, you know, diehard NFL fans like us, we don't know the guy's name. So that's kind of holding him accountable. NBA refs are a little different because NBA, obviously, um, you kind of know who, who the refs are because there's only about three or four of them. And some of them are real popular, like Scott Foster and and those guys. Um, to to but just to just to kind of one thing I could say that they might be able to do to kind of make things easier. Again, last year they did the whole challenging of the of the pass interference, which was a mess. I mean, I thought that oh, was an absolute mess, and I'm glad that yeah, and I'm glad that they took that away. But one thing I could uh, that I should say they're going to do is maybe even within two minutes, you know, like kind of like the way everything's reviewed as far as turnovers and and downs and and yardage and stuff like that. They should have a ref up there officiating. I mean, the guys. So the guys maybe not not too far away from the, just have him up in the booth. If he sees anything that there was bad, a big call or something, just ping down, ping down the thing to the same way that it's done with, with, again, with fumbles 
and first downs and all that stuff, just ping them down and say, hey, that wasn't pass interference, or hey, maybe let's take a look at this and kind of have a guy help them up in the booth. Maybe not so much to correct things, maybe just more of a help and say, hey, watch this or watch that. Um, again, I, I know it's tough because I know they've said, well, that guy's not really on the field and he's not a part of the crew. We'll make him a part of the crew. I don't know how many NFL refs are. I think it, it's an eight-man crew. Just make a ninth guy travel with them every week. They can rotate. They can alternate. Take a guy from the field one week, put him up in the booth next week, put him back on the field the next week. So he's kind of seeing all angles of it, you know. Again, some of these calls, I think there is, like Jacob said, mentioned in there, you know, there is a human element to all officiating that, again, you need to you need to kind of – you need you to deal really with again. You need to deal with, but again, any little extra help I think these refs could use. Uh, maybe not so much criticism, maybe just try to help them. Um, I, I think they could use again, just put a guy up in the booth. What I think the guy in the booth would do more is not so much making calls as far as if they missed it, because obviously, if you miss a call, it's a lot harder to stop the game. But if a call is made and while the refs are kind of converging, you know. 10, 15 seconds, if another set of eyes from the booth sees different angles on it, he could then maybe say, hey, maybe that's not pass interference or this or yeah. that, you know. Just there Again, for reference. To, 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 to stop the game on a non-call would be a lot harder because, say, you miss a holding call. The play starts within the next 10, 15 seconds, you know. Mm-hmm. Say a defensive pass interference is called, clock stops, referees get together, then maybe you bring that guy in. So that's only one little thing I could say. But, again, I do believe, like, like Jacob mentioned, there's a human element to officiating that until the end of time it is going to have to be dealt with. I think we had one more, right? Let me see. We got one more. Yes, sir. Jacob Vaca from at Vaca Jacob, uh, recurring fan question. Two Thanks weeks in a row, week. two yeah, weeks in a row, my man. Keeping us busy. What are some <laughs> boxing or MMA fights you guys want to see in 2021 or end of 2020? Uh, maybe we can go, I'll do one sport each. I think in 2021, I don't know how realistic it is. But they've been talking about it forever. I'd love to see um, Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence. I think that would be a God really damn it. Fight. I just had that. Yep. I think my, Terrence Crawford. He's, I think fighting, he's be, fighting this weekend, too. Is it really this weekend? It's Kell Brook? It's yeah, really Terrence this weekend? Crawford versus Kell Brook. Yes, sir. Holy crap. Yeah, I think uh, – I mean, we've talked about it before, but Terrence Crawford doesn't have the best resume. He's fighting Kell Brook this weekend who um, got knocked out by Gennady, got knocked out by Errol Spence. What about Amir Khan? Oh. Uh, <laughs> comment. <laughs> But yeah, I think I mean Terrence Crawford. I think he could he definitely benefit the most from it. I think it'd be an incredible fight for boxing. No, I, I think that's the the boxing. Was that your boxing fight? No, well I had two of them. I had that one, and then obviously the big one, Fury Joshua. It's gotta happen. Yeah, yeah. It's gotta happen with fans in the UK. They gotta the sell UK, out Tottenham. the Wembley. They gotta sell Tottenham. out Tottenham Stadium. I, I understand the COVID really get, uh, problems and everything, and hopefully maybe by by the summer or by the fall that that's kind of over with fall 2021. But that fight's gotta happen. Um, I, I, again, Deont- we talked about Deontay Wilder last yeah, week. I think, I think, I think Deontay Wilder might have on the chump. That. Yeah, the chump Deontay Wilder talking about, you know, padded hands and, and spiked water. and Talking shit, to, talking hurt, shit about his trainer. Hurricanes and tornadoes. And, the and, bus. As, as the great Ruben Guerrero once said, that's baby nuts. That's baby nuts. Quit, quit talking, Wilder. Get your ass back into the ring. Again, Fury's fighting in December. Joshua's fighting in December. Again, they get these guys matched up, man. I, I think and you know what? I think Eddie Hearn's the right guy to do it. I think he will. I think this fight does happen. I think there's a hell of a lot better chance of Fury Joshua to fight than Spence Crawford to fight. What do you think? Oh, yeah, it's not even it's not even really close. Yeah. And we'd love to see it. Again, I think Tyson Fury, I'm, I'm a big Tyson Fury guy. I knew you are too. Um, there's only one Tyson Fury. I think he'd be a heavy favorite against Joshua, and I think he'd get Joshua out of there. But that's just me. But again, that's just the fight we want to see. That fight has to happen in Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It has to. Yeah. 
No, that'd be, that'd be incredible. That'd be incredible for the sport. That'd probably be what a a twelve a twelve uh twelve p.m. start time for us probably if they do the what is it, an eight hour difference. Yeah, in the UK? yeah, yeah. No, they they might yeah they might do that shit. I I'm all for it. Yeah. Little day drinking. I'm all for it. I'm I'm always up for some day drinking. Um, what about your? Oh, I'll I'll just do my MMA first. Um, my MMA fight that I'd like to see is I want a rematch in 2021 with America's champ Colby Covington and Kamara Usman. Um, let me just say this: I've been watching. I thought he was. I, I thought he was Marty Fake Newsman. Marty Fake Go Newsman, ahead. same thing. But uh, like Order, I said, I haven't been, AKA I haven't, Marty 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 Snoozman. I've been watching UFC for closely probably like a year now but that performance what was it the fourth round was probably one of the greatest human performances i've seen in my lifetime with colby with a fake jaw when he kicks the shit out of him in the fourth round the guy has a broken freaking jaw and he is laying out come on that, that was he won the, the fourth game. round on all judges scorecards all judges scorecards he won the fourth round with a broken jaw that was probably one of the greatest performances i've seen in a round with one colby Cumpton. America's champ with a broken freaking jaw. That, that was incredible. I think he deserves it. I think he does, too. I'd love to see that rematch. That was a heck of a fight. That's one of the best fights I've ever seen. Um, again, I don't like to give credit to, to where, where credit's not due, but credit is due in, in, in Marty Snoozman for getting Colby out of there in the full match. Early stoppage. Hopefully we can get a better ref than Mark Goddard the next time. But <laughs> I, I'm right there with you. I'd love to see that fight. I had that fight down as my second most wanted to watch uh, fight of 2021. First one, America's champ, Colby Covington. Against none other than Game Bread, Jorge Masvidal. That's the one we got to see, though. We have to see that one first, man. I understand Gilbert Goodburn's number one contender. Fine. You've got to put Jorge Masvidal and Colby Covington in the same octagon together. You have to. Uh, these guys were best friends. They, they lived together. I mean, they grew up together. They both started real low in the UFC. They worked their way up. This is it, man. This is a huge fight. No title on the line. Nothing. I don't care about the BMF. Colby doesn't care about the BMF. It's all about who's more of the bad motherfucker between the two. It doesn't matter about no belt. Um, again, former best friends, you can do the whole build up, get them in a press conference, get them in the same room together and then get them in the octagon together. That'd be a great fight. But, uh, I think Kobe in a landslide, but that's just me. America's champ. We'd love to see him back. We need to see him back. That's the fight we will see. And again, that, that, that should be for the number one contender. You know, you, you say what you want about the performance Masvidal all had against Usman. If he goes in there and beats Colby, which I don't think he will, obviously I think he's the number one tender, contender after, uh, uh, after uh, Gilbert Burns, and if Colby does it, Colby's rightful for that rematch right now. I, I, I think Colby deserves that rematch right now, even without the the Jorge loss. But I mean, without the Jorge fight. But again, I think you have to put Jorge and Jorge in a fight together. You just have to. Former best friends, guys that came up together, so much bad blood, so much animosity. You got to put them in the octagon together. You got to let you got to let America's champ back on pay per view, and, and he'll say, he'll sell that pay per view will sell. Jorge Masvidal's a big star. Yeah. Covington's a big star. You got to let these guys fight. Let them sell a fight. I know we kind of talked about, or you texted me earlier about uh, Nunez being pulled. Do you think that's a fight that could be put on the December card? I'd love it. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I, I, again, that, that that's tough news with the man Nunez dropping out um, for for obviously an undisclosed injury. Um, obviously, Aljo, uh, Aljamain Sterling and Peter Yan for the 135 title was on the undercard. Or, I'm sorry, was the co-main event. That might slide up for the main event. But yeah, that'd be a great fight. Again, they, they've talked about it. They've reported it that they offered that fight for a five-round fight. Uh, obviously, five-round fights are usually championship fights or main events, um, but that's a five-round fight with Colby and Jorge. And another thing is there's no champion pay-per-view points. Again, one of the reasons why they, they, they didn't really want to add um, – one of the things that got brought up is add to Cad Connor to this fight. But with yeah. the championship pay-per-view points, they didn't really want to add it. You can add Colby and Jorge to this pay-per-view. 
and that, that could be the headliner. Absolutely. I mean, that pay-per-view sells, as we just said. I mean, I just laid it out to you why that pay-per-view sells. Absolutely. Uh, do I think it happens? Probably not. I, I think I think Dana's okay with, with it kind of laying out the way it did. Um, maybe he adds something as the co-main event that's pretty spicy. Maybe Tony, maybe Tony Ferguson, Michael Chandler gets added to that one. But I think right now, again, Dana has some time. Again, it's only November. He's got about a month to kind of add something to that. But to add a main event this late, man, that'd be tough. Because, again, I think Colby and Jorge deserves the buildup that it that it really should get. And so it'd be tough to add that one. But that'd be a great fight to add right there. Again, it's tough because Dana's already had two main events uh, pull out of that, that card. Obviously, Usman and Burns were supposed to headline that one. And then now with Nunez pulling out, it, it, it's kind of it's kind of tough uh, for Dana to pull the uh, main event together at the – at the at the kind of the last day the, with only a month left. Well, what's a that fight's in December? What what day is that? Fight uh, Ironically enough, it's on December twelfth, proper twelfth day. Is it right, so, December twelfth? Yeah, but again, I, I know I saw a lot of people saying, you know, hey, bring Connor, bring Connor in. They're not going to bring Connor in. They bring Connor in. They've got to pay all those guys on the undercard. They've got to pay Aljo and Yan the pay per view points. They're not going to do that. So, again, we're still waiting for the confirmation of. Uh, of the 23rd, hopefully uh, they've got a pay-per-view next week, not this weekend, next weekend. Maybe, hey, maybe you release it on the pay-per-view then, but uh, we'll see. Again, that fight's not done yet. We'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, that that uh, that fight's on uh, December 12th. Okay. What uh, is that boxing on December 12th? You know what? That's a good question. Let me check the schedule. Like we said, Terrence Crawford's fighting this weekend. That he's, he's Terrence Crawford's a great fighter. That's going to be a great fight. Kel Brook, former champion. Just Shakur Stevenson's. Oh, Joshua fights on December twelfth. Oh, does he? Yeah. Yeah. Nice night of fights then. Yeah. Two fifty six is on December twelfth. Um, I think that's gonna wrap up episode three of our. This is episode three, right? I believe episode three. Yes, sir. Yeah, still looking three. for a name, guys. Yeah, still, look for still a looking name. for a name. Shoot out some. We we got a nice little suggestion of uh, of cover four. I believe it was. Was that was that what it was? Is it was a suggestion? Uh, cover four, yes. and that's two. Yeah, so Jake and Jake and Zay, thank you for the suggestion. Ah, suggestions, but uh, I think we're looking for a little something more with a little bit more wow to it. You know, maybe maybe throw incorporate our names in it. Uh, Tovar himself's a dad. Maybe we can incorporate that into it. Um, I like drinking. We can incorporate that. I don't know something, anything. I understand cover four. Maybe maybe that's something we settle with. But right now, I think we're uh, we're uh, we're still looking. And then uh, next week, I think we're gonna have a guest, aren't we? Yeah, that's a, that's a plan. That's the plan. Again, tune in for it. Yeah, we gotta keep you on your toes. This man's uh this man's a hurricane. He's crazy. You you, you really don't want to miss it. For those of you <laughs> out there, I think you guys know who I'm talking about. But it's a bull uh, in a china shop. He's a bull in a china shop, yes, sir. I can't, I really can't wait. Shout out I got two quick shout outs. One shout out, Tiger Woods this week, going up against the going out to the Masters. Yeah. Uh, good luck to for him. Sure. I'd love to see a repeat. Of last year that was so awesome last year remember the sun and everything no it was, you know, his incredible. son's up there his son's up there with the with the snapback hat over the crowd remember the, the crowd, crowd following him the crowd was, was like awesome yeah the, shots I've yeah seen in my life. hey remember he was walking he just pops the guy's hand and he's like yeah <laughs> no that was that was freaking crazy that was one of the craziest that was awesome. yeah one it's other shout out to, uh, shout out to uh shout out to go over to shara 40 year old uh light heavyweight in the ufc he picked up another win this week. He's the number one contender now for the light heavyweight championship. Again, not a big week at UFC, but uh, that was pretty special. That was pretty cool to see. I think he's won four in a row, three finishes in a row. He, he submitted the number one contender, Thiago Santos. It'll be interesting to see. Obviously, Izzy and Jan are supposed to fight uh, in about in around March for the light heavyweight title. 
you know, Govich Sheriff's 40 years old. Maybe he's the backup for that fight, and then maybe he gets a shot after that. So what do you got? You got anything? Uh, no, I think I'm good. I think that's going to yeah. – you know anything Again, else? Again, obviously, I'll always shout out to anybody else uh, – everybody else, sorry, that's no, watching sure. all of that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, all the fans all the listening. Fan I think we've got a little bit more. All the fan questions. That was awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank uh, you, guys, all of them. Keep them coming, man. Keep them coming. Appreciate no, the love and appreciate the support. No, I appreciate all the feedback. Appreciate all the fan questions. Means uh means a lot to me and Joel. Uh, all the listeners, whoever takes time out of their day to listen. Uh, Absolutely. Shout us out on Twitter. No, for sure. Um, yeah, that's going to wrap it up. We will see you guys next week. Thanks, Juice. <laughs>